Letty buys a house that's not only haunted, it's racist. This is Lovecraft Country Spoilers. This is Spoilers. Woohoo! Lovecraft! I was trying to think of what a Lovecraft creature would make, noise would make. It's kind of a howl or a wail, but hey, welcome to uh, our second episode of Lovecraft Country. This is covering Holy Ghost and History of Violence. I'm your host, Pappy, because I had no idea what happened in these episodes, so luckily I get to throw to the other guys. Let's go east to east, and tell me what media you've just been consuming lately. This is a TV show. We do a bunch of different stuff on Spoilers. What have you guys been up to lately as far as shows or movies or YouTube videos, etc.? I don't know who's Weestus. You guys are on the same cluster there. <laughs> I think it's usually Mikey when we do this. Yeah. I'm only trying to watch like one other show right now, and I'm watching The Boys, and that's been pretty good. The second season just started. I've only watched one episode, but I'm liking it a lot. But uh, yeah, I'm just not really into watching a whole lot of TV right now, so I'm just trying to watch one show at a time. So you're on season two of The Boys? There's been two seasons? Uh, yeah, this is the start of the second season. I think there's like five episodes out now, so it's, it's starting up. It's about halfway done, probably. Would uh, superhero correspondent PK give it a yes? I bet you he's probably already watching it. I think he's, pro- <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's probably he's watching it right now. <laughs> yeah, I bet you he's already hip to the wave. He's not on this podcast, but who's the next? Weestus? Chorish? Yeah, I think that's me. I'm kind of in the middle of this. Elkhart, Indiana, Goshen, Indiana sandwich, but um, one media I've been consuming a little bit is some NFL football. Um, A lot of my friends are a lot like Brett, who's kind of on this podcast regularly, and they really like sports, man. And so I'm in the sports league. I'm way in over my head, um, just trying to stay above water there. Um, My wife is rewatching the dark, or she's binging the dark series, which I know a couple of you guys saw and really loved. Yeah, third season's like just coming out. What's the dark series? I have no idea. It's like a German sci-fi thing. It's on the flicks. Kids go missing, right? Time, space, time travels, eighties, future stuff. (laughs) Pretty interesting. How do you feel about uh, college football being back, Josh? Have you had a chance to check that out? Big Ten, our alma mater, IU, might be playing football. They might be, but I actually work at a unnamed university, and they just won over the weekend. So I think it felt good to get a W and maybe some cash money for the school into the pockets after that. So everyone's feeling a little better after the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> a host who's a big fan of unnamed you. Uh, Stevie, you must be the Eastus. Uh, what have you been into lately? Oh, man. I have been... So I go through these ruts where everything I've seen just seems boring. So I've been trying to find new things upon new things upon new things. Um, I have never seen the movie Rio Bravo before. And I watched that for the first time, uh, let's see, this morning, and I loved it. Sounds like a long family pick, like something Josh or Jordan would make us watch. What is that? It's a uh, Western, and sometimes I do these things where I look up lists of movies that like directors and writers that I love are like, you have to watch this movie. And Quentin Tarantino, this was like at the top of his list of like 
one of like the great movies ever made, and so I had to watch it. Spaghetti? Not spaghetti, but just good. You could call Lovecraft Country a spaghetti Midwestern, I guess, Stevie, but we're back in <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Uh, Could you? We had, we had no idea where they were going to take it. If I'm, I'm thinking back to the episode we did a couple weeks ago now, like we didn't know if it was going to be standalone series. I was really confused when we saw Letty buying the house that I talked about. What do you, super high level, we'll just keep it fast in this. What do you remember from Holy Ghost episode three? Okay, so Letty is buying this Uber mansion that has a lot of character, you could call it. Um, and she's like going to sublet it out to a bunch of people. And this is in the part of Chicago that like her sister warns her, you don't want to be an African-American in this part. The north side. Yeah, the north side. You just don't. like. You know, last time people tried to live here, they, they, I think they said they tried to burn it down. Like there was riots. Like you just don't want to be here. And the thing I li- like, I like that this show does is Typically, it's becoming more clear that each episode is going to start off with a lot of questions, and little by little, we're going to answer them throughout the episode. And so, mm-hmm. seeing Letty, someone who's like struggling for money in episode one, like buy this giant house in this neighborhood, was like pretty fun to start off with. And we explore the relationship with Ruby a little bit more. Josh, do you remember like kind of what we learn about the dynamic and what happens with Ruby? I, I your heart goes out to Ruby. She's just constantly getting shit on by this show well i could probably like sum up her whole arc in these two episodes if you'd like me to pat please do that sounds so she's always been kind of like the stalwart of the family she's really like solid she's a hometown girl she's like the best singer around Mm -hmm. she's actually really good at the guitar too responsible like she was the one there for her mom when she was dying she's got steady income she's trying to get an even better job even though it's so hard because she's black and a racist t- part of town she's trying to get a job at like the montgomery wards which would be a really big step up for her and like everything's kind of just falling around or falling part around her and her family's not really keeping her in the loop and the last we see her in the fourth episode here she's getting banged by the creepy white dude who oh like <laughs> prayed in and like got her little intoxicated and kind of knew all the right things to say because he has his spells or whatever and like he's doing something weird and ritualistic with her and i don't like where that's going boys how'd you feel about his uh i don't know what you call him brandings like if you're like get someone shirtless and they have like a devil goat horns yeah maybe not even a goat <laughs> maybe any other animal besides a goat but <laughs> I just feel bad for Ruby, too, because I I don't know, is it Marsha Fields or Montgomery Wards, something like that, but, like, even from the first episode, it's a whole arc with her trying to get a job there, and we talked about, like, how there's a clear, like, skin tone difference between her and her half-sister, and I was listening to a a podcast with the writers, and they were saying that they wanted uh, the person who gets the job over her almost to have like the same skin tone as her. So it wasn't something as obvious as that. But I, I thought the really key line there was that she's talking to that white guy later. And she says something to the effect of like, you know, they're not going to have two black people at Marshall Fields or whatever. And that's like another whole tragedy of it too. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, beyond just like the tokenism, it's like, I even heard, uh, fuck Mikey, do you know the, the people on Brooklyn nine, nine Rosa Diaz and, Amy Santiago, like in real life. Uh, do you know their names? Uh, Stephanie Beatrice and 
I can't remember the other the other girl's name. Yeah, I heard Stephanie Beatrice being interviewed, and uh, the uh, Amy got cast or whatever, and they were both up for the roles, and like she was just like bawling because she's like, I know that they're not gonna have two Latina girls on this mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's still something today. It's like, you know, once that like role of tokenism is filled, it's like, damn, like now I don't even have a seat at the table anymore. Mm-hmm. We talked about the house too. It's not just the Marshall Fields that's racist. Mikey, what's going on with the racist <laughs> neighbors in the neighborhood on the north side? Uh, yeah, like we said, they bought this this house in a pretty white neighborhood and uh, their na- their neighbors are all pretty racist so they're doing their best to antagonize them by just tying bricks to uh, their car horns and parking them right outside of their house so they're just going all day and all night and uh, then it just kind of escalates until they burn a cross in the yard and then stuff kind of pops off from there that's my Stevie question too is how long does a brick on a horn like last like how long can you just blare a horn doesn't it run out before your car battery dies is it your car battery is there something I think else? it gets like- connected I think it would kill your battery honestly um but this to me is I always talk about lesser shows and this is probably why I love this show I mean this to me is a form of torture it's not just like overt racism where someone you know is you know, going up to their house with like a baseball bat and threatening them physically. It's, this is a form of torture, like sleep deprivation. That's a real messed up thing to do. And, um, like just how that horn kept going throughout the episode was pretty shocking to me. Have you ever seen the episode of Seinfeld where Kramer has that like super red chicken? Kenny Rogers? Glowing? Yeah, the new Kenny Rogers. It's a Kenny red Rogers kid. roasters? <laughs> he gets no sleep. No sleep. Yeah, so, I mean, this to me screamed, you know, even more sinister than just outright threats. This was, you know, you're not welcome here, and we're g- you're going to make sure, like, for however long you are here, it's going to be hellish. I thought it was pretty cool sound design, because, mm-hmm. like, you don't really notice it, but the horn is going on in the background the entire time. The until, entire time! Until she does knock it off of the car. Like, they'll just, like, open a door or something, and all of a sudden it'll be, like, right there in your face again. Yeah. I think they were talking about, too, or Tick talks about it a little bit, because it's not just, like, the horn, like, and this kind of gets us into the haunted part, Josh. There's also, like, some heat stuff going on in the house, and I want to send, I'm going to send a link to the group. One of my favorite ghosts looked like uh, this. It's the baby basketball player (laughs) ghost. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Josh, what do you, like, this is a haunting house, so do you want to talk about what's going on with the, the real, or the the ghosts he's adorable yeah i would i think i think at the very core of this episode three of lovecraft country there's like a scooby-doo episode kind of um you see ghosts in the mirrors every once in a while and they're pretty grotesque looking and i guess a long time ago like in this previous generation um where a lot of those like white people at that like big castle came from there was a scientist that like worked with them and he did like messed up stuff in this basement, particularly to black people. And he was like with the occult and stuff, right, Pappy? So I think it's safe to assume like, you know, he was into making horcruxes or some sort of mm-hmm. way to like keep his spirit around. He's maybe figured out the whole force ghost thing with Qui-Gon. Like, I don't know. But the sacred texts. <laughs> <laughs> He's hanging around the basement still. 
And it's kind of unclear why they're not fighting him already, but he and the other eight people who all happen to be black people are all kind of haunting this house at the beginning. I didn't... Okay, so there's that whole connection thing. The, the mad scientist's name is Epstein, which stuck out to me for a multitude of reasons. But Stevie, what, so what's the deal? There's like a secret book of names and stuff. This is kind of like bridging us into the fourth episode with the, the white chick showing back up who's like a mortal. Do you have any idea what's going on there? Okay, so do you want me? Do you want to go into the fourth episode? Or do you want to stay in the third? Let's get no, no, no. Jump around. Let's go to the fourth. Uh, okay, history so, of violence. The name of the fourth episode, aka a night in the museum. Yeah, <laughs> aka um, national treasure. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is where it gets confusing to me because I like shows that you know they ask a lot of questions to the audience and like the source material, but. Um, this is where it's getting really confusing to me because they're jumping around a lot. Mm-hmm. So if I remember correctly, they have to find like this sacred scroll or sacred book of names that has something to do with the Braithwaites. I don't know. It's um, it's confusing because this is like a goose chase. The Society of Adam. There's like a book of Adam. Are they translating the book? Either oh, yeah, they're, they, they're getting it, spells, basically. Yeah, right? they're, the yeah. Whole. They need to find that book and also to defend themselves is what Letty said. Yeah, this is this is very like National Treasure two ish though, where the questions that are being asked don't make a whole lot of sense, like with the answers, but it looks really cool. And it's exciting. It's just, I don't know. It's getting really chaotic at this point in the series. Mikey, you picked uh, Indiana Jones, uh, or not Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just Raiders of the Lost Ark. But you're into these kind of finding traps and puzzles and goofs and gaffs and magic tunnels. What what stood out to you in the museum? Because to me, this this fourth episode, History of Violence, this is like a stark departure in terms of tone this is more of like an adventure story as opposed to a horror story and i think that's kind of uh my question from like the very beginning uh going in with like little context of lovecraft stuff but i was expecting monsters uh cthulhu type monster sea monster type thing i don't know how you pronounce that but it's None of that is really in here. I mean, we got those vampire things, but even that was like, they attacked once and we haven't seen them since. So Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of confused as to, does everybody know about magic in this, in this version of America? Or is it like a Harry Potter type thing where regular people can't see it or something? No, they don't. I don't know. They certainly don't because there's one, there's one like, I think it's a throwaway line, kind of, but it seemed to be important. But Tick's dad, when they're talking about telling Uncle George's wife, like, the truth about how he died, he's like, we can't reveal to her that white people know magic, too. Like, (laughs) enough people is going, enough things are going bad for us. Yeah, and there's, there's stuff like that that's just, like, interjected with such very little context. Like, oh, so do all black people in this show no magic and it's like a known thing and i i don't know it's like we don't get any of that ki- kind of context into like how how expansive this magic is known to everybody i guess it's just kind of confusing to me 
And I was also expecting a totally different thing. Like I said, like when I think of Lovecraft, I think of like crazy sea monsters and stuff. And I think we're still getting Cthulhu. It's happening. 100%. There's no way they don't do Cthulhu by the end, right? They have to. But I have a question for you guys. Like, instead of this just being like a horror anthology with like some story loosely being tied to every episode, could you guys see this like being more of like genre? Like different genres each episode? I could see that. I mean, like the this, third like, one was. Because like, this episode is definitely a genre episode. Like it hits like all the beats for like an adventure with like st- of high stakes and like funny banter and like puzzles. Like it hits all those beats perfectly. It's just a stark departure from the rest of like the episodes. And the third one is so much like I said, like a haunted house almost bottle piece. Like yeah, so that's like a genre piece. And you have like, I mean, the first episode is definitely a genre piece. Like, do you think it just, they could just hop around with different genres as they go? They could. I think that they're gonna be. You know, when you address racism, I think that there's a certain amount of, you know, guardrails on where the tone can go, right? And there weren't, like you mentioned, like some of the funny quips in this one, there wasn't as much direct confrontation with, you know, American 20th century, Mm, you know, particular black racism. There was more commentary around like colonialism, I guess. And they talk about like, they're in the museum and then the, the tour guide says something to the effect of like, Titus was given these gifts by sh- because he showed them like the ways of like proper civilization, which we come to find out like Titus was just like basically the embodiment of like colonialism. And yes, we get a bunch of weird stuff like, but I, I don't know, Josh, did, like the the falling uh, plank and the pit and the pendulum swinging thing like that felt like a Mario level in a lot of ways. Did you did you enjoy? <laughs> Those, those goofs and gaffs and traps? I think right before that actually might be the worst moment in the series so far. And they off-screen break into the museum at night. I guess a security guard let them in or something. But they go up to the monument where they think there's a door. And just out of sheer luck, they happen to be there at the right moment in time for like the moon to shine through this window and like open up all this stuff. And that I thought that was really cheap. And, like, I don't get how a team of writers, like... You get one. ...lands on that and is satisfied. You, you get, like, one lazy coincidence <laughs> per movie or episode. You get one. <laughs> That's the one. There's no build-up to how Montrose figured it out. He's just like, turn off your turn off your lights. It's like, well, how did he know that? He's just, like, looking at the ceiling. He's... I don't know. And then he's figured it out that it needs moonlight. It was confusing to me. Unless there's something that, like, Montrose knows more than he's letting on, right? Because there's that whole thing, too, with the security guard where even Tick is like, how do you know this guy again? Like, why the hell is he letting us in this museum at night? And, and his dad's just like, or, like, what we think might be his dad, like we talked about in the last episode, is like, oh, he's just a friend from the bar. And, like, Tick's just like, what? the fuck what bar what are you even talking yeah, about yeah we talked about well montrose read that book that he ended up burning so i do think he has some info but <laughs> one of my favorite parts of this is like that whole passage that they introduced us to in that book and it starts with adam created eve fucked <laughs> <laughs> it came up like three or four times that eve apparently fucked <laughs> and that's like 
Stevie, you said national treasure. Like, I'm sorry. Like the 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 puzzle later when they're punching that in, like he has to hit like Adam Eve, yeah, monster. That's national tre- treasure level. Like problem solving. I, I think this episode has more than one kind of loose and fast coincidence. But yeah, I mean, I mean, that's kind of how like movies like in epi- like in shows like that work though isn't it doesn't mean i like it like i mean yeah it's a trope of the genre i mean but... it's the disappearing plank we gotta go we gotta go and then someone who has some knowledge of something just guesses and says oh do this and then they get through it just by like the skin of the, you know what i mean it's just Bella. that's just kind <laughs> of how that genre works so in the sense of what they're trying to do i guess it makes sense I mean, because Indiana Jones over four movies has a lot of that. Like, the whole thing is built off that. You keep Indy's name out of your mouth, Stevie. I'm just saying. (laughs) Indy, uh, colonizer Jones. Uh, We, uh, you know, the traps that we talked about were definitely my least favorite. The one where it's like he has to stick his arm in the blood trap i thought that was pretty scary like i actually really like that like the water's filling up but we're in these magic underground tunnels mikey what did you think about gehima a character who's briefly introduced and subsequently killed uh yeah uh well when we get to i don't this is what i i don't know where we're going we're in like a ship or something and we mm-hmm. find uh a skeleton or a corpse at a desk and then it ends up undying it like comes back to life reanimated which i thought looked pretty cool i thought i liked it uh the way it looked uh it wasn't the best cgi but it was going for more of like a stop motion type look but it looked cool to me it's clearly like a naked gorgeous woman with this hilarious little clay donger attached <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But she's supposed to be like the embodiment of man and woman or something. But again, I don't know anything about Lovecraft. I don't know if this person is canon to his stories or something, but uh, it, it doesn't make any sense to me personally. I don't, I don't know about you guys. Social justice warrior. This episode has actually come under quite a bit of fire from various LGBTQ plus groups uh, saying that Amongst other criticisms, one, the camera lingers on this intersex person's wiener longer than it does on any other nudity in the series. Two, she's not even allowed to speak in her own voice. We don't get subtitles. We don't get, like, her speaking English. We get her translated through tick, so she's very othered. And three, the first openly kind of, you know, person, like I said, in the, the, you know, LGBTQ plus community gets subsequently killed within five minutes of being introduced on the show. Josh, did you... I don't know if you've heard those criticisms before. That was just like kind of what I dug up from what people were saying on the internet. What's your, I guess, initial response to to those criticisms? This is an initial response because I didn't know about that. I guess I should have guessed, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I I think she, to me she seemed he she it seemed like they a, were her on. The I thought show. so too. They were like a predecessor to modern humans or something. So it really. She, she was really othered to me, I guess. So much so that I didn't connect her to any, like, modern... What I would think of as, like, a trans person or anything. Um, I don't know if that makes sense at all. And maybe that's, like, saying a bunch of things I shouldn't say. But I, I don't know. I... Ugh. 
I don't want to get myself in trouble here, Pat. No, it's tough. Like I said, it's kind of like my take that I said on the Hamilton episode. Like I don't know if I'm in a position not being part of the African, the black community, or the you know LGBTQ plus community to take pot shots at this show on behalf of them. I'm it's just kind almost of on the sidelines. Like there were supposed she was supposed to appear almost otherworldly, like not even from Earth, because she makes some weird noise that like is ear shattering. And <laughs> she has to get right. She started out as a corpse. She wasn't even like yeah, a flesh and blood human, really. Stevie, what do you think about Montrose killing her? Though that was pretty out of nowhere, and that's like what ends uh, the. That's episode. what ends, and I think if the reason we get moving forward, going like going forward, if it makes sense, I'd be really, I'll be okay with it because Montrose has done some stuff that's been questionable every episode. And you're just like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Why is he saying this? And it's more of that, like where Montrose is kind of this mystery. It's keeping us like hanging on. Um, so, I mean, I get it as far as like story, like storytelling, like purpose wise. Like, it, I guess it makes sense because, you know, I think the Coen brothers once said this, like, if the characters don't know where they're going, like neither does the audience. So I guess like that's what makes this fun in a way. I happen to think that something happened with Montrose off screen that we haven't seen yet between Uncle George's death and him getting on board to like take Tick on this adventure. Yeah. He was so distraught and just like away from reality, not wanting to help Tick in any way. There's it's almost like he's I think it's going to be like he's been spying on him the whole time or something like that, don't you? I could see that. I, when I was listening to that podcast, Lovecraft Country Radio, which is sponsored by HBO. Um, so, I mean, just I feel like there's always a caveat when you consume a commentary track that's like from the company that's producing the media. But they were really alluding to he's supposed to represent making the same mistakes as the oppressors make. Right, so like meeting violence with violence, that kind of stuff, and and like he's very unhinged from the start of the episode as well, Josh. So your point, like he's been drinking a lot. We see a lot of flashbacks with trauma and stuff. So I could see his like arc ending in not such a good place uh, for Montrose. But that's that's all I had. Did you guys have any other uh, final thoughts or, or things that I missed on Lovecraft Country episodes three and four? I'll say this, and I felt this way when they did it, and it's why I thought it was a mistake. But I guess it's kind of a device that propels characters to do something. I think the absence of Uncle George is really hitting home on three and four. Because I think, like, Uncle George kind of had, like, this magic knowledge about him, and he was just a great character that grounded characters from being their worst selves. And so I'm really hoping he comes back in episodes five and six. Yeah, I was surprised they killed him. Because he was such a great character and just, I mean, he grounded the other characters. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Well, he made a cameo through the, um, what are those things called? Where like the ghosts go to the letters, the Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uncle George says hi. BRB. (laughs) (laughs) I think this, this series is doing a good job of tying some loose or not tying them up, but stringing us along so far. Like, this is only episode three and four, but 
you know that we're hyped for the comic book that the daughter is writing. Yes. That payoff. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped for that, like, model of the galaxy, like, whatever that's going to be. Um, I'm looking forward to Tick learning some new spells, man. I want to see what he comes up with. <laughs> like, it's. I feel like they, they have a lot of creative license going forward from here, and I can't wait to see what they think of next. Well, let's, uh, with that, that'll set us up for episodes five and six. We'll do those in a couple weeks. I know this is coming out after episode five has already been out, but this is a good recap to get you ready to watch that. Uh, I'll give my yes and no, yes or no for each one. Um, I'll give Holy Ghost a hard yes, the third episode. And I'll give History of Violence a soft, a more of a, a very, a very, very soft yes. Uh, I thought Holy Ghost was just very solid. It's the epitome of like this, right? It's re-taking the narrative of Lovecraft, making a ghost story set in the racist part, a racist part of the United States, like the real horrors, the racism. Like we didn't even talk about like the exorcism stuff, like the goat. That lady was amazing. Uh, the lady who sacrifices the goat and the way Tick's just like, what the fuck did we just sign up for? <laughs> like all of that was great. History of violence lost me a little bit. I did a lot of research to even like, kind of like prepare and like my, my loose knowledge of like what's happening. Like uh, just kind of like basically boils down to tick just wants to learn more spells. It seems like there's a lot of fluff to like distill down to that point. <laughs> and, it, and it was like, like I said, it was, a, it was a very much a departure of genre, but there were parts of this that I liked and I'm hoping that it's a bridge episode to get us like, where we need to go. It seems like we have our words now. Montrose has really changed as the character we're setting him up. So I'm hoping that we're going to bring it home with a couple more sets of episodes here. Uh, let's go. Yeah. Just keep the same order. I think Mikey, you're Weasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give both episodes. a Yes. Um, just gonna say, I didn't know how or where this, uh, show was going to go, but I'm not hating it. Uh, I'm just, surprised at uh the tones it's taking the the anthology style uh episodes that it's uh using um it's just not what i was expecting from the show at all but i'm not hating it um but yeah i just wish i had like more context and uh maybe lovecraft's writing or the books or i don't know just i think i'm a little too lost to understand or to appreciate everything that's going on in the show but i am liking it a lot and i just wish there were more monsters really right now but (laughs) i give it a yes all right four for four josh and josh just a heads up we will come to you for what's coming down the pipe because i like to give my co-host plenty of warning because uh, I'm a Jeez. kindly host. Josh, go ahead and give your yes or no. <laughs> uh, yeah, this will be a yes for both episodes. I, I mean, the disappearing, the disappearing plank. That's a tough one, guys. That's just why. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a fun episode, and I know like they really went out on episodes one and two to get us into this world. So I'm appreciative that we kind of get to live in it a little bit more before all like the big buttons are pressed towards the end of the season, I would guess. So I am, like I said a minute ago, really looking forward to what else there is in store here. It seems like anything could happen episode to episode. And kind of like Pap said, he, Pap said, the racial tensions for me still the scariest part. There's a scene where Letty's getting like 
thrown around death proof style, like in the cab of this car with this cop and just getting beat up. And that's easily like the scariest part mm-hmm. of these two episodes. And so like, it just makes like finding limbs in the water and someone's head getting taken off by an elevator just kind of fun. After you see like the true horrors of like 1950s of racist America. So anyway, two yeses and looking forward to five and six. Before we go to Stevie, yeah, that's a really great point. I forgot to mention too, there's this whole scene where Tick goes to kill Christina Brathwaite or whatever, the white chick, and like he pulls down the blinds, pulls his gun, and like she's immortal, whatever, but then she pulls up the blinds and it's like, fuck, just like even by being a black man holding a gun by pulling up the blinds, he's in danger now. You know what I mean? Just like if some <laughs> passerby on the street sees that, he's he's SOL. Like, just by being who he is, like where he is. But, Stevie, last but not least, I don't think any Lovecraft countries have gotten a no yet. Uh, will you keep that streak going? Uh, so, I will give... Um, what was episode, th- episode three called? Uh, Holy right Ghost. I will give Holy Ghost a hard yes. I loved that episode. Um... And I thought there were some interesting payoffs, too, that we got into episode four, like when Letty and Tick finally had sex in the bathroom during the party. Good call. And you think that, like, you know, it's kind of this embarrassing, awkward moment of, like, oh, I just started my period. Like, you know, you you think it's more embarrassing for Letty. And you also kind of get this sense from Letty throughout, like, the episode that she's kind of this, I guess you'd say, faster girl. If I'm, like, putting it politely. And then we find out, like, there's some of a payoff in episode four where she's like, no, Tick, you actually took my virginity. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. I will give that a- episode a hard yes. Uh, I like the payoff with the three racists in the basement and kind of their fear um, and their deaths in that in that house. I thought that was really cool. Um, but episode four, man, that just seemed like it was all over the place. And I didn't feel like... I mean, unless there's some crazy payoffs, we can look back on this episode and go, here, 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 and here are actually much more important than we thought. It just, it didn't lose me by any means, but I just didn't find it as compelling as episodes one through three. So I will give A History of Violence episode four a soft yes. Totally agreed with you there. The only thing we didn't mention from History of Violence was like the little kid in the library who's arguably the best part of that whole episode. It's just like, <laughs> shh, and then he slams the book down. I loved him in that. But as promised, Josh, uh, we're at the end of the episode. What do our loyal spoilers listeners have to look forward to on this channel? Well, first of all, they need to just back off because we've been releasing so much content. <laughs> we, we really have. The new Milan and Tenet. Like yeah, you're somehow, welcome. somehow miraculously to tenant, but um, Ace Ventura just came out. I hosted that episode, and you know I don't want to ruin it, but after that we got some spooky movies coming up. Let's go. <laughs> I don't want to say what they are yet. No, that's a great tease. Also, Big Spores announcement. Um, not sure what this is going to look like yet, but there's a very good chance that all of the old spoilers, old, old spoilers, like things before episode 200 might be leaving the feed that you're listening to now. So two things. One, you should listen to those episodes if that's something you're interested in doing sooner rather than later. Two, 
that'll probably be behind some form of a Patreon, some form of a paywall. We haven't worked out what that's going to look like yet. But if you have any suggestions on like what you think would be a fair, like you know, suggesting an episode or, or fair to access those, let us know. We're totally just spitballing here, trying to figure out what those would look like, but uh, soon to come. So listen to the old episodes if that's something you'd like to do. You could download them even now. Download them. Cheat. Upload them to YouTube, share them with your friends, put them on BitTorrent. But in the meantime, <laughs> get the DMCA strikes. Get the, we'll file so many copyright claims against you, your head will fucking spin like we're goddamn Universal. But in the meantime, listen to Spoiler Man, take us away. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is Podcast Spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. This is Lovecraft Country. Uh, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, so why did Kylo get so mad about us talking about Ang- uh, Mr. Deeds? He's left the thread for three days. Don't remind him <laughs> of it, man. <laughs> it's hard for him to swallow. He left for three days. <laughs> Stevie said, "Do you like dark comedies?" And he didn't even answer. Just poof. I talked to him today. What do you say? He said he wants me to come on a big dumb movie again. Did what did he, he say about dark, dark comedies? comedies? Yeah. yeah, he didn't well, say anything about are dark you guys comedies. Do Mr. Deeds. Uh, no, do? I, I brought up um, the movie Anaconda to him. Because I was thinking about picking it for the podcast, but I was like, have you guys done it on Big Dumb? And I, he said, no. But he said, I definitely should. And he said, if I do do it, I want you on it. I said, all right. Don't yeah, use your good spoilers it. picks on Big Dumb movies, Stevie. Yeah, That's not doing, a good spoilers pick. It's just it, not. It's a hilarious <laughs> choice. It's That's a Big Dumb movie pick. I don't know. It's just no. I would rather you do the collection. The yeah, collection. that's that's what I'm really shooting for here. The collectible. Yeah. And if, yeah, if. Josh, are you ready? This is Lovecraft Country. Are you hosting, Josh? What is that, Josh? Oh, you're hosting. I don't know. It's just some like cheerleader football cheer. Yeah, but you've got the chance. I feel yeah, like... I'm confused about because it's like you kind of want to start off doing the 300 thing. The this is Sparta. We are. Lovecraft. Lovecraft. <laughs> sound like Forrest Gump at the end. L O V E C O U N T R. Lovecraft Country. Yeah, Lovecraft Country. That was spoilers.